everyone and welcome back to Creative Psychopaths. This is uh, Mark, just at the top of the show again. You know this bit. This is the this is the the the, the bit where I introduce the show. Everybody knows this bit where we introduce the show. Um, don't forget to join all the social medias and that, and you know, like and share the podcast if that's something that you're able to do, and give it a five star rating or well, yeah, give it five stars because it's the best podcast in the world, obviously. This week, uh, me and Matthew were talking to Chloe about the movie Creep. Ooh, and it is a creepy one. Good episode, though. Um, So, yeah, the last thing you need to know before going into this episode is... Welcome to Creative Psychopaths. We are friendly as rabbits. Uh, yeah, that'll make sense later. Welcome to another episode of Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast where each week I talk about horror movies, either by myself with, or with one of my rolling co-hosts, or we talk to a guest about their history with horror movies and a movie of their choice. Today on the podcast, we have one of the rolling co-hosts in Matthew. Um, hello. Ha- hello, rolling co-host. Executive vice rolling co-host. Oh, I didn't realise you'd given yourself a title. I've gone full Horner Simpson on it. No, oh, no, fair enough, fair enough. Um... Yeah, why not? I don't, don't. I'm not sure if that gives you extra powers over the other co-hosts. I'll let them. I'll let them name themselves, I suppose. But um, we also have a guest in Chloe, who is hello. saying hello right now. <laughs> Did I come in a little bit early then? <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. There used to be a section in this where I really built up to saying hello, but we're we've moved on to a more of a say whatever you want, whenever you want sort of full anarchy. Yeah. It was full blow, full blown anarchy. Yeah. So this is, if you don't know, uh, I've introduced this new forced banter section um, where while I'm looking for the questions, because even though I should know where they are, I don't, um, we, I don't know. We have a little casual chat. Seems like weather's the best way to go again. <laughs> No, not today. Not today. No, it's not. No, it's, well, it's very got... sad today. Why? What's sad today? What's happening? Oh, it's just just grey and rainy. It's your, your typical British weather. I'm warm. I'm sweaty. It has been warm. It has been, although it has been raining. It, it has been warm. Mm. Mm. Oh, must just be my neck of the woods that's uh, that's a bit grim. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. Uh, that's that's weather talk, <laughs> officially wrapped up. Yeah, that um, I don't. That wasn't that wasn't the best, was it? We're gonna have to work on this forced banter because, uh, you know, aside from the Lancashire Yorkshire divide, that you know eventually is gonna run dry. I was going to avoid that today, but no. I did bring I did bring back up because you know me and Chloe went to school together. We are we are we both did. from that way. Yeah, Lancashire born and bred. I did think to myself, though, that per- perhaps um, some sort of united um, front for Southerners or something like that might bring us all together. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, 
yeah. Southern fairies and all that stuff. Here, who at the other rolling cohorts is a southerner, so we can't alienate them too much. <laughs> and I, she's from the Isle of Wight. That's about as south as you can get, isn't it? That's, yeah, but I'm talking about London. It's basically France. I'm talking about people in London. It's the people in London I don't want to talk to. Disclaimer, if we do have any listeners in London, I value you. <laughs> hmm. It did used to be a home away from home for me too. London? Eight days, yeah. Right. We love everywhere. <laughs> right. No, we don't dislike any type of people. Wherever you're from, we love you. We love your town. We love your city. Um, the forced banter has gone out of control today. And um, let's actually get into the horror movies. You see, yeah. I used to just jump straight into the questions and it was like, oh, you need to have a bit of chat first, but it's just devolved into absolute crap. <laughs> um, right, so let's get into the questions. So, Chloe, what is the first horror you can remember seeing? So the first horror movie I ever remember seeing was a film called Milo. And um, I'm fairly certain... Well, I was convinced for a very long time that it was a fever dream and no one else had seen this film because every time I bring it up in conversation, no one knows it exists. No, I've actually just looked on IMDb as we speak. I've just put Milo in and there, yeah. are, there are six actors called Milo before you get to the film. Yeah, yeah. 1998, I think it was. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I recently found it on Amazon. It cost me £27 because I'd not watched it since I was about eight years old. Um, and I don't even know where we found it. My older cousin was babysitting us one day. I think she's about five years older than us, so very responsible. And um, we just randomly found this film and we put it on. And I was the biggest pussy back then. I would not watch anything scary. And I just remember hiding on the stairs while this film was playing. And it, it's about this it's about this boy that like drowns and then he comes back to like try and murder everybody. And he wears this yellow anorak. And everywhere I've gone, my entire life since, if I see a yellow anorak, I suddenly flash back to Milo. No, I must admit, I haven't seen that that movie. In fact, same as what you said. I, yeah, if it, if I'd been in the room, stuff that in it. Yeah, if I'd been in the room, I would have been looking at you blankly as well. It sounds it's like honestly, it sounds like um, I know what you did last summer, Junior, with I the mean, kid from it. A little bit, a little bit, yeah. I just, I, I, I always remember like before I week because Mila Kunis is in it like really randomly as a child, and I only spotted that when I rewatched it. And um, but yeah, it's just the strangest film and. And nobody knows it exists. Like, so this is me bringing Milo to the world. Go watch it. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm, I've added it to list. my list. Yeah. yeah. We'll have to get you back sometime and we'll talk Milo. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's a good name for a dog, Milo. Uh, anyway. Oh, I did. I'm, I'm, I was going to relate to you because I remember hiding on the stairs for Terminator um, when he gets his skin burned off and turns into that metal skeleton. That was my stairs hiding. Anyway. They're a good hiding place. Yeah, they are, yeah. Yeah, I spent quite a lot of time on the stairs as a child. I was more of a behind-the-sofa kid. 
Yeah, we never had room behind our sofa. It was yeah, a, same. It were against wall. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, right. So, given that, then when did you actually become a horror fan? Um, I don't. I, so this is just. I can't really pinpoint a time. Um, it, it must have been a gradual thing. Cause like I said, I was a proper big scaredy cat when I was growing up. Um, but my younger brother wasn't. He loved horror films from the mm. get-go. And I remember we were visiting my uncle in Canada. And um, we were staying there for a month. But because he was working, we still had to spend like a lot of the time in the house. And he had this massive, it was like a five foot by five foot TV in his den. Wow. Oh, yeah, he had to have the best of everything. And my brother, he convinced me to watch the Halloween films. All right, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, okay, I'll watch them, but we've got to watch them during the day. We have to have as many lights on as possible. And um, I remember watching them, and I just wasn't as scared as I thought I was going to be. Yeah. And I just gen- genuinely enjoyed the films. So it, it grew from there. And then... Um, yeah, I just continue. I just watched more and more films. And then when I started studying film as well, I think learning about horror films and learning about the history of horror films, it just gave me such an appreciation and a love for them. Yeah. And now it's like, it's all I really watch. Like, I'm just rubbish with other films. Mm, yeah. I watch constant horror films myself. And uh, it's, a, it's a good seed to grow from, isn't it? Um, Halloween. Starting yeah, from there, one. yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. I one mean, of those important films from which modern horror's grown from, hasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think most of the sequels to that are dodgy. To be fair, most of them. Um, I was literally just talking about Halloween sequels today with a friend, right? Because I, I'm a big lover of sequels, and and. Uh, Good. Even the terrible ones. I mean, the newer sequel for Halloween. Oh, it pains me how bad it is. It made me so sad. <laughs> did that get a creative psychopath from you, Mark? It did get a creative psychopath from me because it was, we were sitting on a two tier system at the time and it was, it just wasn't bad enough to be shit. Um, <laughs> because I think I hated it on the first viewing, but on the second viewing, I didn't hate it quite as much. Um, yeah, there's some really good scenes in it and there's some great shots, but I just can't, like everything with Tommy in it, it just infuriated me. Mm, I was yeah. watching it just thinking like every line in this film is designed to put in the trailer. So like everyone, oh, everyone speaks yeah. in catchphrases and emphasis. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's It's got a very odd plot, that one. It's... Um, Let's see. The, the things I don't really didn't like about that movie is the sort of Jason up Michael Myers, which really didn't like. Um, Absolutely, that yeah. was one of my the overkill in it. I was like this. Yeah. I was like not to give a serial killer morals, albeit a fictional one, hmm. but Michael Myers is not that person. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I really. I'm going off on a tangent here, but I think one of the scenes I really didn't enjoy was when he takes out all the firefighters because. Yeah, um, same that's not michael myers for me no no yeah 100 percent. that was exactly what i thought yeah 
And then the other thing is this, this really vague, I feel really vague plot thing where he's trying to look out of his own window. That's what he wants to do. I really didn't know where they were going with that. <laughs> well, it, yeah, did, I'd like to roll back to the house. Yeah. He just is wants it? to look out of his window. He likes the view. <laughs> it did have an incredible song by Ghost written for it, though. So it does have that going for it. Yeah, and I mean, the problem with a lot of these sequels is you could you could you could pick at them all day long, but it's a case of you know what do you really want? You know, yeah, slasher movies are of a genre, and you can't expect great things from them. Well, I mean, the, the law of horror says that you make a really good film and then descend to schlock very quickly, and <laughs> like they did it, but they did it accidentally. You know, they, yeah. they, they tried to carry on from that that. Halloween sequel from 2017 or whatever it was. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. They tried to sort of highbrow it again like they did there and, and just got it wrong, didn't they? Mm. Yes, it was terrible. Right. Let's keep moving because otherwise this is uh, going to be a long one. Um, <laughs> it's going to be anyway. What's uh, the scariest horror movie? Okay, so I I couldn't decide between two. Mm-hmm. Um. And they're for quite different reasons. Um, my first one is The Conjuring. And mm-hmm. um, I think it has a lot to do with where I live. So I live in a house that was once owned by the family of witches. Right, okay. Yeah, so <laughs> it's quite a historical house. And um, most people that have been here have seen something heard something it's it's just one of those places and I think watching the conjuring and having the history of my house it just yeah it just freaked me out it de- it definitely took it to a whole new personal level yeah That's, yeah it's really sort of really relatable to you um yeah <laughs> I think and and that I I think is the sort of crux of what what you find scariest because it's what you know what relates to you what sits with you at the time because I know some people don't find any of them scary which is fine, um, but I mean for me I think the only bit is the clap bit is I think the only bit that really oh yeah no I hate that part I just yeah it's just it's it's just the history and I I I think it's a really well made film as well and. Yeah. And, um, I'm a big jumper. I, I don't scare easily, but I jump. And um, it is good for jumping. It is, so yeah. That, that's the one that definitely gets me. And then yeah. the second film that gets me. I mean, it is a horror film, but I wouldn't, it's not one that most people would think straight away is a horror film. And that's Signs. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a thing about aliens. I don't like aliens. They, <laughs> terrify me i very rarely watch films that have aliens in them and for some reason signs it just got me i mean i always try and re-watch it but there's this moment where the little girl goes and asks her dad for a glass of water and i have to turn it off i can't watch it any further it's the uh, the big jump scare when you first see the alien as well, isn't there? No. Oh, yeah, it's just everything. I mean, I love, um, I, I'm going to 
screw up his name. I love Alistair M. Knight. Um, I think he's a I think he's a brilliant director and I think in that film it was just it was done so well it definitely got me on the jump scares yeah um I I do know what you're talking about I must admit that's one that's never really it is a horror film anyway for sure yeah um but it's never really because people always talk about that one scene where I think it's on the news, isn't it? On the in the in in the film on the news where you see this sort of alien walk past, and people even now post on horror groups like, "Oh, this scene shit me up," and I'm like, "I don't remember it being that scary." Um, yeah, no, it always gets me. There's I could like there's a part where like they just walk into the living room and the aliens like holding the girl, and I'm just I don't know. I just cannot with that film. Am I right in thinking that the aliens are allergic to water? Yeah, it's something like that. It feels like we're not the best planet to invade if you've got a problem with water. <laughs> I mean, probably not. You're a bit <laughs> limited to space. Yeah, I do. I don't know how many there were of them. Anyway, um, right, let's keep moving then. What is the best kill? Um, I struggled with this one a little bit, but then I think for me, it's got to be um, the girl in Hereditary. Oh yeah, that was that was on my list as well. Okay. Actually, two yeah. from Hereditary on my list because that yeah, incredible shout. Yeah. yeah, it's just I think again it just stems back from like I don't know about you, but I remember being told as a kid like if you put your arm out of your car, or like you, like your arm will be ripped off, and I think because it's and you've already got like that childhood fear of it. Mm. That it kind of adds to the yeah the epicness of it because it was kinda, shocking as well. Like you really didn't. I just did not see it coming. It kind of comes left field, doesn't it? Because like she's having the allergic reaction, and you think yeah, that's where that's the danger. And then head out the window, and mm. I think as well that uh, the reaction to it after, where you just you know he can't bring himself to look back, and then he just drives home staring forward and all you hear the morning after is Tony Collette screaming and then you see it. I think that's yeah, yeah. so powerful and yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. And I think I think as well the film leads you to believe that that it's the little girl that's um like the main character almost or at least Yeah that's, definitely that's where the scary is. So that happens and it like you say um it comes straight out of left field and then you're like oh oh dear and and and, and again the reaction to it afterwards which I, i'm going over it again but i think the way that they did that like the true sort of probably what it would be like to go into shock and that it's like um yeah no you're right that's that's a, re- a really good shout um yeah it's a good movie that we're gonna have to do that on here well, i think it's I think I, I put it down as my favourite when I did these questions first time. Did you? I stand by it, I think, until I watch something else that's my new favourite. <laughs> <laughs> that's a hard question to answer. When I have to get around to doing these questions, I'm going to pick about four films, I think, just to be a pain in the ass. Um, so standout effects. Um, so I am a big fan of like more traditional effects. It's one of the big reasons why I love like 80s horror films. 
And um, so what stood out for me was the effects in um, the void. Right. I would um, put money on going for uh, the thing on American Wealth in London when you were building that up. Would really? you? <laughs> Everyone says those two, don't they? Yeah, it, I, I, I've heard it. I've heard it a lot. And like I like I keep saying, it, you know, those are probably the right answers. <laughs> I think yeah, because it's 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 put in the traditional effects in like a modern film. Like mm. I really appreciate that, and and it shows younger audiences. Because I remember watching the newest Friday the Thirteenth with my cousin, and he loved it, and he was yeah. like. The- at the time and I was like so excited because then I could show him all the other films and I'm like this is going to be so fun we watched like the first original and he hated it he was like it looks crap Mm. like it's cheap and I'm like no I was like this is what makes this film and they were just having none of it so to be able to try and like bridge that gap for these younger audiences that are not exploring earlier films because they think they look crap yeah I like that. So when it when it's done well, it, it's it, it's not only does it like it look good in the scene, but I always the acting around it's always better because the actors have got something to play off, which yeah they mm. don't you know you don't always get with CGI. Yeah, I was um, because doing this podcast, I've just been dipping into all kinds of horror things, and I think I, I, I was um, I was reading an interesting thing the other day about why practical effects work better and it's it's because the with practical effects there's a limitation as to what you can do so you have to work within those limitations whereas cgi will let you do anything and you can do anything and it doesn't always look good because of it whereas with practical effects like you say you've got something to play off but it's also um i forgot what i just said oh a more realistic yeah, but it's it gives yeah it gives you something to actually um, like I say you're working within the limitations of 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 what you've got, so yeah. it gives you more chance to think do it well to it... the best of your ability rather than half arsing it with CGI. If that if that if that makes sense, I mean, don't get me wrong, CGI has got its place, um, but I don't I don't think it's got its place in actual. Um, effects for me cgi is better for cleaning or you know using at a distance although i quite like the new godzilla which i'm presuming is all good cgi i think as well when it's practical you kind of have to tie it into something approaching reality don't you you know you can't create stuff that breaks the laws of physics if you have to make it Mm, yeah yeah it's um and obviously the thing with CGI is because it doesn't look realistic, it doesn't doesn't scare. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, that's, I think the main reason I put in the standout effects thing is because I like to hear what people's favourite practical effects were. I'm sure someone's going to come with CGI eventually, but most people have got American wealth in the thing. But it's understandable. <laughs> um, yeah. Right, so a movie that needs a sequel or movies that need to stop making sequels or if you have an answer for both, go ahead. Well, like I said before, I really Mm -hmm. like sequels. Um, Even bad sequels. I'm always someone, I'm greedy. I want more, more and more (laughs) of everything. Um, 
but a film that I thought I'd like to see a sequel of, I think, would be Get Out. I just think, especially with how the world is at the moment, I just think it'd be interesting to see what would happen after and how, like, her family would be now in the world that we're in. Mm. And would they, like, have the same approaches? Would Would they evolve? Like, I just think it'd be really interesting on all avenues. And I think it'd be a remake that could be done really well as well. Yeah. Not a remake, a sequel. sequel sorry. Yeah. I'd watch it. Um, I'd I'd watch it as well because Get Out was um, unique. Really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. I'm not sure how, what they would do to make it a sequel, but I'm I'm up for it. I'm up for more. Geog- yeah, I just think they literally carry on from where they left off mm. and just see what would happen afterwards because I've always been one of these people when I watch um a horror film I think it's because I studied like law for a little bit I'm like what's gonna happen after this film happens (laughs) (laughs) like how are all these people gonna like go to jail like everyone's murdered everybody and it's like how do you explain this exorcism that's just happened Mm. so I've always been curious about the afters of things so i just think i would that would be one for and because get out was such a good film as well yeah um i think a sequel would be something i would quite like from that yeah no it's a a good shout and uh, correct me if i'm wrong actually that film it's it's got a lot it feels like it's got a lot of different genres meshed together so you moving on from it you wouldn't even have to have a horror you could just have those characters and do something different with it um, yeah, because I recall it's got quite a lot of funny stuff in it. Um, oh, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, that's a good movie. Did you? Oh, so you're not bothered about stopping sequels? You're quite happy for everything to go forever. hundred oh, percent. <laughs> I want them all always because I love characters. Um, Ed Warren and like, I love them. I would have. Films just featuring them. Even Halloween. Um, yeah. Scream Even Halloween. Yeah. Just keep them coming. <laughs> um, I just think sequels, again, they just bring new audiences to films. And I'm always, I love films so much and I just want people to watch it. And um, not. I think the fun thing about horror sequels is they, they don't sort of. Uh, they, they don't seem to have that demand that you know a lot of other sequels have, where they need to meet a box office. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of big budget films. They've got to, oh, you know, the last film made 150 million. This one's got to do the same. Oh, Whereas yeah. horror is just like, no, stick it straight to DVD. It's fine. <laughs> you know. Yeah, they never That's had it, issues with it? continuity it's either. It didn't. It didn't have to. It Sorry, didn't have to. Well, I was just going to say that you can just kind of go. Sorry, go on with any new idea and it'll, it'll somehow try and make it work. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, um, like 10 Hellraiser films, isn't there? You know, it's like the... Yeah. yeah. Even the... Is it like the Leprechaun on like seven or eight? It might be. I think he ended up in space at one point. Um, I think it was the second one, Leprechaun in the Hood. Maybe. 
Do you know what? I'm going to have to own up to having never seen a Leprechaun movie. I've I'm only seen the one. Add that to my list. So. Yeah. And I think I think Jennifer Aniston's in the first one. She is, yeah. Mm. Uh, I actually, do you know what? I actually watched it the same day that I watched uh, Halloween t- uh, Kills. Oh really? Uh, oh, really? Yeah, I was. Uh, I was at a loose I think that's an interesting double feature. I, I think you remember it start like the film started at like eight o'clock or something at the cinema for Halloween Kills, and I was, I was like just had enough time to watch Leprechaun, so I stuck it on, and <laughs> I don't know, don't know why, but I was uh, staring at the uh, the watch just in case, and uh, yeah, they were all free on Prime for a little while, yeah. weren't they? Yeah, I might have to, I might have to chase that up because. Uh, like I say, I've been trying to increase my horror, horror library in my brain. Well, according to uh, according to IMDb, Leprechaun Four is where he goes to space, and uh, Leprechaun Five is uh, Leprechaun in the Hood, which also stars Ice T. Oh, right, lovely. So, Ice what an adventure himself. the little fellow's been on. <laughs> so, uh, what is your favourite franchise then? struggled with this one as well you can have more um, than one like like. Said, well yeah so halloween was like the first film i watched so obviously i really love um that yeah. that franchise it's got a, it's got a place in my heart but if i if like a gun to my head had to choose one i think i would go for scream right okay it's just it's that it's it's a film and it's a franchise that just excites yeah. the film nerd in me. Mm. Like the writing, out, I just love the writing of it. I love how it plays with audiences. I love the edit. I just, it's just one of those franchises that, it, yeah, it, it just ticks every box for like my inner film nerd. Yep, I, I also gave the same answer for that one, so I'm, I'm right with you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, lovely. Um, well, I think we've overdone Scream on the podcast before, so everything you said was lovely. Can't overdo it. No, we, we can. We're going to keep moving. Oh, you really can't. I love it so much. I, I agree with you. And a lot of people's introduction to horror movie was Scream, it seems. I've had that quite a few times as people. That's where they came in. And I think... Uh, that's because Scream did relaunch horror, um, and it it made it made people watch more stuff, but it also made people go back as well. I think so. Yeah, yeah. it's really it's really a sort of seminal horror movie, the first one, and I've enjoyed all of them so far. I think the only one I didn't really like was the fourth one, but I gave it a rewatch the other day, and it wasn't it, it wasn't as bad as I remembered. Are there I really, I love them all, love them all. And the newest one, when I came out of that cinema, I've never been so happy for a sequel to be good. <laughs> there, there is one horror movie rule that Scream hasn't messed with yet, which I'm not going to announce on the podcast just in case I, I spoil it for anyone. But if you do want it, just DM me. Because the, there is one hard and fast rule and that they can never bring themselves to mess with it. You heard everyone. You heard Matthew, everyone, that's permission to slide into his DMs. <laughs> oh, yeah, slide in there. This is where, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I was trying to remember my Twitter handle then, but, yeah, it is at I Like Dumb Movies. So if you if you do want to know, that's where it is. Slide into his DMs, lovely. 
Uh, right. So, what is the worst horror you've seen? Super easy yeah. for me. It is Robert the Doll. Oh right, yeah, we've had that already. We've had that before. I think Jade said that one. One of one of the other Rolling yeah. co-hosts. Yeah. So I watched. I watched it when I think when it first came out, and they are all on Netflix at the moment. So if anybody wants to check them out, because I think there's like five of them. Um. Yeah. I think so. I think it came out at a similar time as Annabelle. Right. Um. So it was hoping to get that audience of people looking for a scary yeah. doll. Oh my god! It is just so bad. Is it like one of those films that they used to find in Woolworths that they made just to trick grandparents? <laughs> like, yeah, like it's just it's, and I tr- I know how hard it is to make films I know how hard it is to edit films so I do have like respect for people that just try like like go mm. you um pat on the back but like the edit is terrible and there's like <laughs> there's like points in the film where someone's like stood up and you can tell they've gone action and then they just fall over <laughs> and it's like what like how have you kept that in the film yeah and it's just it's robert the doll like the history of robert the doll like he is one like legend has it the most haunted doll like there is real history there and it could have been so good but it is just so terrible it's so terrible yeah i um i I agree i agree with everything you just said and i think what it comes from is i'll see the good in almost every movie and i think especially with horror movies, you have to do that sometimes. But when you can yeah. tell it's lazily made, that's when it. That's when it's like, you know, A, like you said, Robert the Dog's got such a history, but B, not using that history to its advantage. It's just lazy. And I've just, yeah. just been having a look on IMDb and there is a revenge of Robert the Doll from 2018. And the, the blurb is infamous killer doll Robert does battle with Hitler's henchmen aboard a train in Nazi Germany. Yep. So I think they turn the series around yep. at some point because that sounds brilliant. Yeah, that actually does sound brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Please, no. I've got to see that. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I've, yeah, this has got to be. Like I said, they are all on Netflix. All four or five of them are yeah. on Netflix. I'm vaguely interested in world. Watch them at your I'm vaguely interested in World War Two horror now as well. After watching Frankenstein's Army, which was much better than I expected it to be. Have you seen Overlord? No, not yet. No, no. Give give that one a go. That's pretty fun. Well, I'll add that to my list. Right, and so finally, the the last question is: What is your favourite horror movie? And that's a hard question. It's so hard. I really don't know. There's just so many. There's so many. I, I can't... I don't, I don't even think I can give it, like, a top five because right. I love all aspects of horror. Like, I love all the the little extra, like, broken-up genres. I like a slasher. I love a ghost story. I love a folk yeah. film. Um, if... if- Right now, if right now, if you were looking at your DVD library, what would you pick out? We'll we'll do that. I, I would I would save my screen box set. There you go then. We'll, yeah. we'll, it, my screen box. We'll do that. Uh, we'll disclaimer and say that that's not 
necessarily her favourite horror film, but you know, <laughs> we switched the question, and I know it's a hard one. And when I, when it comes to me doing it, I will again probably pick a few. Yeah, well, there will be people that are like, no, this is definitely my favourite horror film. There will be people that definitely do have a favourite, but even with film in general, I can't pick No, a I agree so. with you. I think if you ask me a top 10 of movies, I think I could I could vaguely pick out some movies that I know that I watch a lot and probably are in there, but it would be really hard to... Well, no, actually, I tell a lie, because Jaws will always be my favourite movie. But after that, I would I would struggle. I think I can like I can pick one and then it'll just change regularly. <laughs> it's yeah. not like I, I have like loads of different films like struggling to get in. It's like I, yeah, I can pick one, but it'll last like 20 minutes and then I'll pick something else. Yeah. It depends what you're in the mood for, because sometimes you're in the mood for something you can just watch with your brain off, like Forrest Gu- Forrest oh, Gump yeah. or something like that. But then other times you might want something a bit more emotional, like Forrest Gump. <laughs> Let's just watch Forrest Gump. <laughs> Those films as well that you can that you know you like you wholeheartedly love, but you could never watch again. Yeah, yeah. Actually, there's been a few horror films that I really and I hesitate to say enjoyed because enjoyment suggests that I, you know, like that I got something out of, but I don't want to watch again. If that makes sense. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I've seen some like found footage ones where it's been pretty disturbing and I'm like I'm like you know I'm sort of glad I watched it but I don't want to watch it again <laughs> yeah um, right anyway that is the final slice of bread in the horror no that's the first slice of bread in the horror sandwich oh crikey the horror sandwich is nearly over um so uh we've ugh. We're moving on to the filling now, the filling of the horror sandwich, which if you're having an actual sandwich, what would you put in there? Um, cheese. <laughs> uh, cheese. What kind of cheese? Um, Lancashire crumbly cheese. There you go. She's on side, Mark. <laughs> I can't. I'm sure there is a Yorkshire cheese, but I don't know what it is. Wensleydale. It's at Wensleydale, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like Someone Wen- needs to keep catch up on their Wallace and Gromit. I don't like I don't like <laughs> Wensleydale. Well, try Lancashire, it's lovely. No, never. <laughs> never. Right, so we're having a lovely cheese sandwich, and this cheese sandwich is made up of the movie Creep. Now, I've had I'm having a week, I'm having a, a podcast off, and Matthew's done the plot rundown. So I'm going to hand it over to you. Yeah, let's do it then. So, yeah, we're talking about the movie Creep, uh, which is from 2014. Uh, And if you do want to watch it before we go through and spoil it all for you, it is on Netflix now, uh, as well as the sequel. Uh, So, I mean, has that spoiled it's got a sequel? I don't think so, really, is it? (laughs) No. no. (laughs) Yeah, so it's it's basically, uh, it's a two-hander essentially isn't it so it's uh written and directed by patrick bryce and mark duplass uh mm-hmm. who are also pretty much the only two people that star in the film uh, patrick bryce plays aaron and mark duplass plays uh joseph and it's uh, it's a blumhouse film so i think it kind of must be one of their their earlier ones yeah yeah i think yeah. it is 
I think, if I remember rightly, it was um, an offshoot of Blumhouse at the time. Like, uh, I think it's called Blumhouse Tip or Blumhouse Tilt, sorry. Um, which I don't know if it was like a separate thing for them, but it's just ranked as a normal Blumhouse movie now. Sorry. Yeah, I going. see that uh, <laughs> Jason Blum was was listed as a producer on it. So mm, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so it was, yeah, screened originally at South by Southwest in 2014 and then distributed by Netflix in 2015. And because it's distributed by Netflix, don't actually know what the budget or box office is because they won't tell us. Those bastards. But I mean, it doesn't really get a box office, does it, if it's on Netflix? It's just $7.99 a month for however many people watch it. So uh, the film starts... Uh, it, with Aaron and he's driving and tells us that he's being paid a thousand dollars for a day of filming uh, not much in, information is given uh, but all he tells us is that discretion is advised alright we are uh, leaving the flatlands and we are heading up towards the mountaintop which I'll show you right here Not sure who I'm meeting. The ad said $1,000 for the day, filming services. Discretion is appreciated, whatever that means. And when he's driving, he, uh, he gets to a house, uh, which is a, a beautiful location. So I'd very much like to live there. It's a nice uh, sort of hilly area full of trees. Very, uh, very picturesque. Yeah. It's a lovely place, yeah. And, it's my dream location to just be in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> well, I, I, I say that, but then he walks up a lot of steps to get to the house, and I think I would be exhausted trying to get up that. And uh, disclaimer alert, I am a wheelchair user, so I don't think it's very accessible. <laughs> yeah, we, do, we don't see a, a ramp or elevator, does it? So, yeah, that does, does need to be no. fixed. <laughs> uh, but he knocks on the, uh, the door to the house, and there's no answer. And so just while looking around, we notice that there is an axe buried into a stump, which is kind of not that unusual, really. And a lot of trees around in the area, you'd probably cut some firewood. Mm -hmm. uh, but then goes back to his car, sort of thinking the day's a bus, and we get our first scare of the film. So uh, Joseph makes his appearance, bangs on the car window, and sort of gets the film off to a, to a start there. Mm. So... Yeah, we first meet them, and I don't know about you guys, but I actually found Joseph like very creepy in this bit, like straight from the off. Hundred percent. You know what? Very I, over familiar. I find him really likable. I don't know why. I yeah. don't know. Why, I don't know why. Uh, watching it, it for probably the third time this week. I'm watching it going. I just really like him. <laughs> I kind of. I find it a bit strange in that I think what he does and sort of what he says, like out of the mouth of someone else, would probably be all right. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's the way he is though when he says it. Um, like that the like whenever I talk to anybody about this film and they're like, "What's it?" I'm like, "It's just creepy," because mm. he's so creepy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know why I find him so likable. It's weird, isn't it? I think that, that is kind of part of it. You know, he, he does 
Yeah, I, I was going to say, I think to a point you are supposed to like him and then they just drop in these things where they're like, that's a bit odd. Yeah. It, uh, interestingly, I don't know whether you've got this for later on, but um, a lot of Joseph's character is based loosely around... Um, what's the guy, name of the guy who plays Aaron? I forgot, sorry. I should have written it down. Uh, Patrick Bryce. Yeah, Patrick Bryce. He His sort of thesis film um he did a a a film in i think it was yeah germany for the the last person who was who ran a 35 millimeter pornography theater and his sort of that was it that was his movie but when he showed it to mark duplass it's sort of because he because this man was getting all this attention he was very he was very sort of receptive to the other guy so um he had that sort of Joseph energy so they sort of did something with it so it's, it's interesting like obviously they've ranked they've ra- they've ramped up the sort of um the creepiness but the familiarity is well, that's where it comes from okay no, I didn't know that no that's pretty cool <laughs> so yeah hey I get to do proper research when I'm not doing the um, the, the plot rundowns <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we uh, find out though that this is Jacob's vi- sorry, Jacob Joseph's vacation home, mm-hmm. and he tells us that he's a cancer survivor previously, uh, but now has a brain tumor, and uh, the filming is because he wants to film a video for his unborn child uh, that he can use as a video diary, sort of to let the kid know who his dad is and you know familiarize himself in the likelihood that he's not going to be around. And I think that's going to, like, giving you that information is going to make you feel some sympathy and warmth towards the mm. person. Like, straight away, like, it's a really quick and easy thing to be like, oh, we have to like this character because they are dying. Yeah, guards come immediately down, don't they, when you, you come across yeah. something like that. That's right, yeah, yeah. And I think he references a movie, doesn't he? He references that you got it from Michael Keaton's My Life or something like yes, that. Yes, he does, yeah. Because uh, I, I looked it up going, I wonder if that's an actual film. And it is. <laughs> and uh, have you ever seen the film My Life? No. It's a beautiful, beautiful film. Michael Keaton gets cancer in the film and he makes a video diary of himself for his unborn son. You think it goes the same way as this one? I don't know. I really want I want to see it though, I think. No, I reckon it's an episode where we just get very disappointed that it's actually quite sweet. I bet it's very sad, yeah. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so we uh, begin this filming uh, immediately at the bathtub. Uh, So (laughs) Joseph strips off, gets in the tub uh, to have what he calls tubby time. Yeah. So he uh, basically, he pretends to uh, have a bath with, uh, with his kid. And this is the creepiest thing in the whole film for me. Absolutely. Because he puts candles there. Like. It very much gives, um, like, bitty vibes, you know, from, like. Little Britain. Um, <laughs> yeah. Little Britain, yeah. yeah. Oh, it, oh, it's so much worse than that for me. I, I, I only realised it this time, but candles. It, it got yeah. me so bad, like, you know. I have uh, I have vague memories of a kid having baths with with my immediate family, and hmm. they never put candles out. Yeah, there was never romantic. No, there, there was, was there. A, a, a bottle of you know bubble bath that 
had like a, the shape of a sailor on the bottle, and that was about it. Maybe a toy if you look. Matey, matey, that's the one. Yeah, I must admit, I didn't notice the can the the candles. You said it, and you're right, but I I never even picked up on it really. Yeah, you won't be able to see anything else next time you watch it. I'm telling yeah. you. It's... <laughs> yeah, it really hard. Yeah, it left me ah, oh, just feeling dirty thinking about it now as well. Are you rolling? Yep. Just checking. I knew you were. All right, buddy. Welcome to your first tubby. When I was your age, I used to take tubbies with my dad. We'd call them tubby time. And it was pretty much the greatest time of the day. So since you and I might not get to do a tubby together, I thought we would have our first tubby right here. You ready? Okay. All right, now let's get those tootsies wet. You ready? Get the tootsie. Tickles, doesn't it? Oh, stinker, stinker, woo. Oh, this one actually smells pretty good. Well, yeah, because it, it, it definitely adds connotations, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, very, very nasty ones. Yeah. But then they're, they're much like us right now, though. Joseph uh, gets depressed in the bath and uh, appears to turn suicidal. And uh, he basically just slides into the tub and looks for all intents and purposes like he's trying to drown himself. But, uh, but no, it's all a big joke. And uh, yeah, wakes up, splashes uh, Aaron about and... Hilarious. Yeah. This is what I mean, though. Like, it's just he'll he'll go from being so normal, and then doing something like that, and you're just like, "What is this person doing?" Yeah, it it just it moves from it's literally gone from from well one foot to the other for Mark, but then for us one foot to the other and then back again with with this, you know, he's yeah, guards come up and down. Yeah. Yeah, I think I still liked him at this point now. Because even though it is a creepy scene, and I know I'm watching a horror film, so I'm like, it's a creepy scene. You know, I don't mind a jump scare because it's still sort of playful from a character's point of view, you know. And while the tubby time is weird, it's not threatening, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm still yeah. saying the candles make it worse, but. No, you're right. You're, no, you're right. Yeah, at this point uh, in the film, Joseph tells Aaron to go outside and uh, to go get a jacket because it's a bit chilly out. And then we get our next jump scare, which is just a huge wolf face that takes up pretty much the entire screen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that mask, I swear. Yeah, we, we are introduced to Peach Fuzz, the friendly wolf. Yeah, yeah. And this is where he does get back to me a bit. Because he puts on the mask and he does a little song. And I think it's, again, kind of sweet and funny. It is, yeah. yeah. Dare and, I say charming. But I also think that it's so it's well acted enough that you think to yourself, he's making this up on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it yeah. wouldn't surprise me if yeah, he did. Yeah, definitely. Hello, my name is Peter Fuzz. I might look like I eat you up. <laughs> But I'm as friendly as a rabbit. 
and I'd make a very good friend. Oh, yeah. yeah another interesting fact about that is the, the film was originally called Peach Fuzz. Um, and a lot of this film was it wasn't supposed to be a creepy film it was supposed to be about two people who sort of meet in this way and it's a very odd situation but it wasn't supposed to be any horror about it um and yeah it was called peach fuzz so i think a percentage of what you see in this film was what was what was going to be peach fuzz but then it obviously has become something else Again. I wouldn't mind seeing that film if you wanted to uh, sort of make a side call. Yeah. Well, like I say, it was sort of loosely based around his sort of original the- thesis movie, you know, to just someone who was sort of too close to the person who was filming him, but not not in a horror way. But I think as they filmed it, they realised they had something else. Because I think... It took a year and a half to actually make the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Because they were very, very, like, very specific about about stuff. Like, some shots, they shot, like, you know, like, a hundred times and stuff. So they're really... I can imagine. It's one of those films that really relies on subtlety. Mm. And I think you have to get it pitch perfect. Yes, I think think that's exactly right. Yeah, because I think... Because Mark Duplass is quite a sort of, you know famous actor really but here he is doing this so he's obviously it's a passion project for him and he can just make it the way he wants i think he's a guy who does like to to work varied doesn't he yeah does have a pretty eclectic uh back catalogue under his belt yeah anyway i'll stop interrupting you now that's about as much facts as i've got (laughs) okay so uh yeah they've done the uh, (laughs) they've done the song and dance with peach fuzz and uh yeah they're off to uh, another drive to go to the Miracle Waters of the Heart, uh, which is, uh, we're led to believe, some sort of legendary uh, waterfall, pond area, uh, which has uh, legendarily healing waters. Yeah. And sort of, again, sort of takes into another forest, uh, quite, you know, uh, isolated and uh, not much around. And then Joseph just legs it, just runs <laughs> away in the woods. Uh, only to come back with yet another jump scare and yep. just makes uh, this one didn't get me to, as uh, as much as some of the others, but yeah, it certainly gets Aaron in the film, <laughs> and uh, yeah. so it tells him that he's just had a near death experience and that's what it feels like and gets you buzzed up and adrenalized. Yeah, I I really love when Joseph runs off because he does it like a kid, like a proper weird a yeah. weird yeah. sprint off. It's amazing. And then I think we get a lot of very important dialogue, don't we, in this bit next, uh, where yeah. Joseph, pretty much like one after another, just says that Aaron looked like he wanted to kill him. Uh, he is asks him if there's anybody he needs to make peace with. And also that he asks him, you know, when you saw the axe, was there a small part of you that thought I might kill you with it? Mm. So, I mean... Again, just keeping us going on what's the deal with this guy. You know, he's it's powerful, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know, it's really amazing is there was about two seconds there after you were done being scared where it looked like you wanted to kill me. 
No, I, 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 it was just a... Defense. I don't take it personally. I think it was a visceral reaction. Yeah, it definitely makes it, like, it puts those guards back up and you're like, this is not... And, it, and like you said, it, he will have, like, a normal question and then he'll drop something like, did you think I was going to kill you? And I was like, well, that's not a normal thing to ask mm -hmm. somebody unless you were planning on doing that. So why would you ask yeah. that? Yeah. It has a good way of building it up and then dropping it back down again. It's... It's quite yeah. cleverly done. It's really cleverly done. It's one of my favourite things about this film is just how subtle it is. And then even after the bang, when we come back to it like later mm. on, it, it again, it drops back down and you're like, where, yeah. what? Yeah, I think it's, it just, while doing that as well, it never gives you, it just never gives you a footing, a, you know, a solid position to take. It's like no, yeah. You, yeah. You, you know, you feel that that sort of tension and off-putting nature's coming, but at the same time, you're just thinking, "Well, why do I need to feel like this?" You know, it's yeah. It, it seems all right. You know, yeah, normal it's... person kind of. Yeah, you're right. That's a perfect way to to put it. You can't find your footing when you're watching this film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, carrying on though, uh, another sort of nice little touch she kind of sort of relates to what we just said is that when they get lost in the woods uh while they're looking for these healing waters they find a sewer pipe i mean you know mm -hmm. literally find shit when looking for for water you know yeah that's one, one of my favorite bits of the film actually which is um when he looks at the sign and he goes sewage he goes it's poop water and uh, joseph goes well that's something <laughs> Sewer pipeline. That's shit water. Something. Better than nothing. Come on. <laughs> I really, yeah. I really love that line. <laughs> but they do, uh, they do find the uh, the water and the heart hmm. uh, in the rock, which, like, that's a really pretty place. I would, I'd quite like to have a tour around this uh, where they did the filming for this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they go into the uh, into the water. They have a nice little splash around. Uh, and then Joseph carves his and Aaron's initials into uh, into the rock <laughs> yeah. in a love heart. Yeah, he does. It's so, a good uh, scene, that, because it, that's what we were saying before. That starts bringing it back down again. Yeah. Because Aaron seems to let his guard down a bit, and it's like a friendship starting to yeah. form. It's interesting. But then they go right back up. <laughs> in the next scene, uh, they, they go to get breakfast, and Joseph says that he, he knows his place. It's got the best pancakes that you can ask for. Uh, and then they get to the restaurant. He takes out a menu and then questions, "What's good or good there?" I love that. Well, it's the pancakes, right? Well, yeah, of course it's pancakes. <laughs> it's you know, it, again, just I mean we. we so it could keep going so many times with this because it does just keep going up and down all the time, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. It's just one of those films you are like, it doesn't really give you space to breathe. It's like you're you're with this character, and then you're like, no, I'm not with this character. It's just it's it's done so well, and I don't think I've watched a film that's been able to like capture yeah. that 
maybe with like Get Out, Get Out has got a similar vibe to it. Um, but I, I would say done in a different way. Yeah, nothing like this one. Uh, no. But, yeah, the, uh, it does keep rolling on, though, with this bit, thankfully. You know, we can keep going a bit weird on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he asks, Joseph asks Aaron if uh, there's anything he's ashamed of. Uh, and Aaron tells him that uh, he used to pee his pants a lot. Uh, and he had a device that beeped when it was wet. Uh, and it went off while he was uh, playing with his friends. Which, yeah, that doesn't sound like a very fun thing to happen when you're a child. No. Uh, and in response, Joseph uh, takes out his camera. and Sorry, takes out his fo- camera phone. And he Ooh. pulls out pictures of Aaron arriving that he... Uh, Took from the the bushes, essentially a bit of voyeurism from him there. Completely normal behaviour. Absolutely. And uh, but he does apologise to him. Says that he was nervous and he felt that uh, by doing this, he sort of got to know him a little bit, so he wasn't as bad when he uh, first arrived. But say, does make me think you kind of introduce yourself by banging on his car and making him jump. You couldn't have been that nervous. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but they uh, they do agree to move past it, uh, and then they they go back to the uh, back to the house. And again, I would probably say this is this is probably where it uh, gets a bit sinister, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, they do go back. Uh, Aaron says that you know his job's done. He's done the filming, and uh, he's ready to head back. And Joseph. Convince him to stay with the promise of just one uh, one drink of whiskey. Yeah. Always accept drinks from strangers. Especially when you're driving. They're not strangers. They hold yeah. immediately. <laughs> oh, yeah. Best friends. <laughs> and, and he has seen him naked. So. <laughs> yeah, true. There is that. Uh, but, he is. Uh, a... Sorry, go on. I was going to say, but he is supposed to be driving. That, that's the most egregious thing, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, it's just a noise. Me going like, oh, supposed to be driving. Anyhow, go, keep going. Right. So, uh, yeah, they, so they sit together over this, uh, this glass of whiskey that you shouldn't be having because he's driving. <laughs> and uh, he basically says it's been a great day. And Joseph sort of presses Aaron as to why he took the job. Uh, pretty reasonable he says you know a thousand dollars a day for one day's work uh and then asks him if he's got money problems and basically tries to to give him money and also notice on this bit as well while they're talking uh they go to have a drink together and joseph doesn't take anything out of his glass so again not really great behaviour, is it, when you're uh, inviting someone for a drink and then you don't drink anything? You just stare at someone honestly as they drink that. But drink. He, he does, he raises it to his mouth. He just doesn't take anything from it. So he, he doesn't even partake in the toast. Oh, behaviour. Behaviour of someone rather sinister, I would say. Behaviour of a heathen. But which, again, he. he comes out and admits straight away in this bit. So uh, Joseph tells Aaron that he lied to him and he lied about peach fuzz. And at this point, he asks Aaron to uh, sit down and earn the camera off. 
thankfully for us, he doesn't. He uh, he just sort of puts a cover over it so it looks dark, but so we can still hear the characters. So this is where Joseph says he did something bad, and so I think I'm just going to just run through the the, the story because I don't really think that I can interrupt with anything on this one. So <laughs> Joseph says that uh, he was finding out in his uh, his house that the internet was slowing down, and when talking to someone about it, he was told to check the browser history and he saw lots of animal pornography. And so he realized that there was only himself and his wife in the house and he knew that he didn't look at the stuff. So he uh, confronted his wife about it, who denied it. Eventually they fell out and came up to the, uh, the cabin to sort of take a break and uh, mend things. And uh, while they were there, he uh, went to a shop and found the peach fuzz mask and broke in to the house, tied his wife up uh, while wearing the mask and had sex with her wearing it. And then took the mask off, left and came back the next day and all was, uh, was right and then found that his internet was speeding back up. So it's a pretty, definitely, definitely a tale, a tale. isn't it? <laughs> pretty grim. Yeah. Uh, are we are we saying this is one of those things that's less said the better? I mean, what can you say about it? <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I really wondered is does does your internet browser slow your internet down? <laughs> I I don't want to know why you're asking that question. Well, I'm just, I was just wondering, you know, might, you know, I sometimes have problems with Zoom, and I'm, uh, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to stay it's quiet a... for longer and let you just carry on digging. <laughs> no, no, it was just like when I listened to it, my, uh, my first thought, and it shouldn't have been my first thought, was I don't think that slows your internet down. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it's sort of largely irrelevant, isn't it? My brain sometimes picks out the most irrelevant details. Well, that's if we're assuming that the story's true. So maybe if you were in yeah, Aaron's position, that. that would be a very good question to ask. Yeah. But it doesn't ask it, though. I think, well, you would you? Because you would be so taken aback by that story. Like, that is not something that you will hear ever. <laughs> So you would be to so, so totally taken aback. I mean, even as an audience, you are totally taken aback by that story. So if you were that character, like, you would not be thinking anything else. Yeah, I, I think even, like, friends that I've known for 20 years, I don't think would, would tell someone that, never mind someone I just met on one day, randomly. <laughs> Get ready, creative psychopaths. Have I got a story for you? Oh, come on. You know, you know and love all the <laughs> listeners. You're ingratiated now. You can't be telling them stories like that. I love them and they love me yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, you, no. You're neither friends of 20 years them. nor... Hate them all equally. Anyway. I'm just going to let you uh, sit in that one as well. <laughs> no, no, I think that's fair. I think, I, I think that's fair because, you know, potentially I don't hate them at all, but I could still hate them equally. So okay. I'm all right on that one. I'll let you have that logic. <laughs> that won't make the cut. <laughs> it will. So 
uh, after after the story, it uh, it cuts back to camera, and uh, we see that Joseph and Aaron are saying goodbye, but Aaron can't find his keys. So uh, yeah, he's trying to leave, and say Joseph's telling him that he's you know he's freaking out and uh, convincing him to stay, saying look you know it's dark, you've had a drink, you know wait till the morning it'll be light and you'll sober it up and it's kind of convincing reasoning isn't it really uh but yeah i think i'd prefer him drink driving to be honest in this situation yeah i would probably walk i would just at that point after especially after yeah. hearing that story i'd be like I'll, I'll come back tomorrow to pick the keys up yeah 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 he uh so eventually he says it does it does agree to stay and uh, he says well if we, you know staying here might as well have some drinks so we uh, Aaron pours both him and Joseph a drink and uh, tells Joseph to get it down the hatch and yeah he, he does he necks it unlike the last drink that he had and uh yeah as he begins to sort of film a final goodbye on the video after the drink uh, he starts slurring his speech and eventually falls asleep. It's uh, this point that so we sort of realise that Aaron's drugged him, hasn't he? You know, he's, he's slipped him something yeah. uh, to you know to make him fall asleep, make him less threatening. And again, we get another jump scare though when he sort of stirs and, and wakes up a bit. Mm, yeah, and, yeah, it's but. Goes back to sleep, and uh, Aaron takes uh, the keys out of, uh, tries to take the keys out of Joseph's pocket. Uh, when a phone goes off, and again, I don't know about you guys, but I remember this one shit me up <laughs> when in there, when that happened. And definitely, Aaron uh, does answer the phone. Though he goes into the bathroom and takes it, and we uh, we hear that it's Angela, which we're led to believe is Joseph's wife. And Aaron says to her that her husband's hired him and this woman tells him to leave. He says, get out of there right now. And it turns out that Angela's actually Joseph's sister. Uh, she says that her brother's not well and, and to just, just get straight out of there. Uh... Hello. Hello. Angela. Joseph. No, this is Aaron. does leave the room and uh joseph already has as well yeah that phone calls the 
creepiest bit for me. That I, I know it shouldn't be, but perhaps, but that's that's the point where it really, really takes a turn for me. Yeah, it's just confirmation of everything that you've yeah. been like thinking the entire film. It's that moment, and you just like you 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 you're like crap. Yeah. Like this, like this, this is where it starts. Yeah, I, 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 I think it's partly the fact that on the phone he's going, oh well, I can't. He's got my keys, and she's going, just, just walk, just go. Yeah. Do you think you some know. of that as well comes out to yeah. just how matter of fact she is about it? It's like kind yeah. of feels yeah. like uh, she's she's done this before, and it's just like, yeah, just just walk out, just leave, go. Yeah, you know, it's like you were telling someone how to get to the supermarket. It... <laughs> yeah, it is very right. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. It's a very, very off-putting scene. And but yeah, like we say, he, he does leave and he tries to leave, but uh yeah, Joseph's gone. And again, we get another couple of jump scares in a very tense bit where he's sort of just looking around trying to find out, you know, where where he is. I think it's easy to forget that this film is is basically a found footage film because it's done so well because obviously the the guy is a professional cameraman so it makes sense for him to have a good camera mm, and to not yeah. have to work on camera so and i think one good thing about found footage films is their jump scares camp because you're in their point of view so they do work really well yeah, they yeah. do work really well in this film yeah because like say just going through it, you see how frequently they're, they're actually used in this. I'd say probably yeah. up until that that phone call that we just spoke about, it's probably only been the only source of scares, haven't they? You know, the, the rest of it's been yeah. off-putting, but not necessarily scary. Not scary, then, yeah. Yeah, that's... The jump scares are the ones that just kept you going. Mm-hmm. And would you believe it? There is another one right there. So, uh, yeah, while while looking on the balcony, uh, yeah, Joseph arrives and basically says, "Death, it's coming." And Joseph begins to cry and says, "You know, he doesn't want to die uh, you know, because of the uh, the cancer." When Aaron confronts him, uh, just says, "He knows what's going on." And then Joseph legs it again. So he just completely runs away like he did in the woods. And Aaron again follows him, goes downstairs, and we see Peach was again. This, this moment, I would wake up in the middle of the night and see that damn mask stood at my door. I mean... For days. It's... It's kind of weird, I think, isn't it? Because, I mean, there was a scene before where he put it on. It was more or less the same looking shot. And he's gone from quite funny and fun and cutesy in that, that first one to, to this, which is so creepy and, and scary and horrible. So creepy. You've got all the story, though, yeah. now, haven't you? You've got the story that he's told while he's wearing the mask and then the phone call from his sister so it just takes a whole new meaning yeah and and yeah. also he begins sort of thrusting and grinding and oh yeah pretty uh 
well, I don't I don't know what what's sexy but threatening and not sexy at the same time. It's just it's so it's just such a simple movement. It's such a simple like it's just a man in a mask. It's just it's so simple, but it's just so menacing. Mm-hmm. It, it it stuck. It really did. It's one of the reasons why I chose this film with how like like simple it is, but how effective it is, and how much it just really got under my skin. Yeah, yeah, that feels like one of the shots that I was saying before that they probably shot over and over again. Yeah, they, they yeah. do get it just it's... right, don't they? Because there's something about that stance, the way that he stands with that mask on it, it changes. I sort of like how it the the like the mask's tilted, isn't it? So it's like forward and, mm. and sort of more sinister than it was before. And yeah, the the like I say they must have done so many takes just to get it just right, and and they they absolutely did. Yeah, yeah, nailed it. Uh, but yeah, and then that. <laughs> When uh, Aaron runs at him, so the camera starts going a bit funny and eventually just sort of conks out, fades to black, and then boots up again. And we just see footage of Joseph pulling some bin bags up a hill uh, with a shovel and starts digging. Uh, and then, oh, the film pauses and it turns around and we see Aaron. So we know he got out of there. Yeah. So let's us all... Uh, Let's us back down. Let's breathe a sigh of relief. And uh, yeah, he basically tells us that he got away somehow. So it doesn't really uh, say, you know, how or why. Uh, and then just says that the footage that uh, we, we've just seen was sent to him a few days afterwards, uh, which is creepy because it means that Joseph knows where he lives, which we weren't sure about before. And yeah, I want, okay. I want that guy knowing where I live, to be honest. Oh, no. And then, you know, also the footage as well, you know, he mentions that, you know, he's, he's digging a hole, he's got bin bags. Is it sort of like foreshadowing of disposing a body or? I feel like it's quite, it feels like quite a long scene as well. Um, of just watching this guy, like, go from one end of the screen to the next that's doing this and you're just like yeah no it, uh, yeah it does settle for that that's a bit longer than it probably needs to doesn't it just thinking yeah no. eventually it doesn't really matter because Aaron bins the DVD so he doesn't want anything to do with it just gets rid uh, yep but then later on we find out that he's actually been having nightmares about it and the nightmares have been of him and Joseph together. Uh, Joseph wearing a peach fuzz mask and Aaron wearing like a, a little baby peach fuzz mask. And, and they're having a tubby time together. Oh. It's just it's so, oh. I mean, it would give you nightmares, wouldn't it? That yeah. experience. It would. I told you the tubby time was the creepiest bit. That's why he's gone to it. Could you imagine in like reality trying to explain that experience to a person that's like you'd look at them and be like that did Yeah, I think happen. this is a story that would be rejected from true crime podcasts, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, eventually uh so he gets another package uh, again uh with with no return address, gives it a hit just to check that it's not well, 
if you're checking it's a bomb, you don't really want to hit it or anything, do you? But yeah, he does hit it before opening and uh, it finds inside another DVD and also a very large knife. And yeah, so he sticks the, uh, the DVD on and uh, it's Joseph saying that, uh, you know, he's sorry for, for the video, uh, you know, and also tells him that he's given them a third gift. And inside the box, a bit further, is a stuffed wolf. Uh, and he says that, you know, he relates to wolves because they love very deeply, uh, but they don't know how to express it and often kill the ones that they love. And he tells him to embrace the wolf and to murder the wolf using the knife that he's also sent. And he does it, cuts the wolf open, and he finds a heart necklace with Joseph and Aaron's pictures inside. A lovely locket. Oh. Leave a of their time together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no... No up and down or ambiguity about this anymore, is there? <laughs> we are we're, we're completely deep into the woods. Yeah, we're like this person. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'll say Aaron. Uh, Aaron realizes that as well, so he, he calls the police, tells them about a stalker. Uh, while he's changing the locks on his door, actually adding an additional lock to his door, uh, and then basically gets told that the police can't really do anything because he's not threatening him he's not he's only sending stuff and uh, they don't even really know his name because obviously joseph was a was a false one uh, then next we see him he uh, aaron tells us that he's still having nightmares uh, filming it in the middle of the night while he's trying to sleep and yeah we hear a big bang uh, so like any normal person would he turns on all the lights and uh, grabs the uh, the big knife that was sent to him earlier and yeah, he looks around the house a little bit, and then when he moves, we see that Joseph is stood in the window staring at him. Oh. I guess it's just done so well. Sends, even th like thinking about this film, it just sends shivers up my spine. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of getting freaked out now because I'm actually recording this sat next to a big glass door window, and I'm <laughs> kind of shitting myself up that I'm just going to turn there and someone's going to be stood there. <laughs> Just, just double check. Just if I, uh, if I can. Yeah, that's definitely locked. So that's uh, that's a good thing. But, yeah. So obviously, when uh, when Joseph, sorry, when Aaron turns around, Joseph sort of he does this little drop and skulk away, which I thought was quite a nice little move. Uh, but then, yeah, Aaron also goes outside, which is very uncomfortable because we know that there's danger out there but uh yeah, yeah. it turns out there's uh there's just a bin that's been knocked over and uh sort of that explains the noise sort of puts Aaron at ease a little bit which he really shouldn't be mm -mm. No. don't be at ease yeah so uh <laughs> the next time that we see Aaron uh, the camera just turns on but he's actually sleeping this time and we find out that someone's filming him while he's sleeping and a hand, yeah, a hand reaches <laughs> over and cuts some of his hair. Oh yeah. Keeps going, keeps going up and up and worse and worse. Doesn't it now this bit? It really does. Yeah. It's just ramping up, ramping up more and more. Uh, it does wake up though. And we find that the, uh, the screen on his window has been, uh, been broken and 
there is a DVD which just says my last video on it. Uh, so Aaron plays it and Joseph is, is again filmed himself and he just says he, you know, he's upset that he threw the necklace was thrown away because that was a, you know, a, a nice gesture that he was doing. Uh, and it led him to having some very bad thoughts about hurting himself or others. And he said that it was a red flag and uh, he realised Aaron was right about everything. And tells us that, you know, the truth is that Joseph was was in a terrible place and he's, he's burned the bridges uh, just by lying and playing games with people like we've seen. And he just wants to meet Aaron again, explain his actions and apologise tells him you know it'll be in a public place wide open spaces and you know if you come you'll get to meet the true joseph which absolutely not it sounds quite nice when he says it doesn't it but true joseph that's i mean you've yeah. been through all you've been through and, and you're just like yeah let's go meet this person again like absolutely not yeah aaron's not ducking that way because He's got the intelligence to get all his locks changed and, you know. Yeah. He's even been to the police, like. Got out of there when he knew it was house. going wrong. Yeah. And he yet, does everything that people don't normally do in a horror film. Yeah. And yet here he, well. Yeah, he does go. Spoiler alert. And uh, I don't know. He does get told that it's a wide open place in public. You know, if you're going to go that. That sort of ticks the safety boxes, doesn't it? During the day as well. Uh, I'd still probably take like four people. Yeah, yeah. Would make would make more sense. But he yeah. does go, uh, and he sets it up to film it, and says that he's also got his phone set to speed dial on to nine one one. But he leaves the camera there and walks over to sit on a bench facing the lake. Uh, he does have a quick look around, uh, then you know, sort of sits looking out. And then just from the right of frame, we see Joseph walk up behind him, puts on the peach fuzz mask, takes out an axe and smashes it into Aaron's head. Yeah, kills a guy, yeah? Yep. So pretty much the culmination of everything that we've seen so far just just yeah. jots it right there. And yeah, the camera then turns to Joseph watching it, uh, similar to the way Aaron was earlier, and he, he says that Aaron didn't turn around because he's the greatest person who ever lived uh, and believed in his heart of heart that Joseph was good and Joseph will always love Aaron and he's the favourite one of them all for him. Which I guess that kind of explains you know, what we said earlier, why he went by himself to this meeting that we're all saying he shouldn't have done. I remember the first time I watched this, Aaron, and I thought to myself... Okay, it was smart that you filmed it, and it was smart that you put your phone on speed dial for the cops. But why didn't you at least look behind you? I mean, it just seemed dumb that you would just sit there. And then I realized why you didn't turn around. It's because you're the greatest person that's ever lived, Aaron. No matter what I did to you, you believed I was good and I would do you no harm. And that is why I will always love you and why you will always be my favorite.
Yeah. 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 Then again, even after all that, though, we get another jump scare where Joseph makes himself jump by screaming at the camera and then screaming at himself, watching himself scream at the camera. <laughs> uh, and then we get uh, the last little bit of the film, which is Joseph talking on a phone. And uh, he's basically telling someone else about uh, a filming opportunity to uh, film him for a day. And he uh, goes into a, a library and puts a disc marked Aaron into a huge catalogue of uh, of other DVDs and tells the person on the phone that he'll see him tomorrow. And then that's it. That's the film. Yeah. I um, There's something entirely creepy about, I mean, the whole film, obviously, but that very, la- that very last scene where he's setting up the next one it takes the character in a completely different direction for me because yeah. up to that time, Joseph is like this sort of crazy person. He's obviously, you know, but then when it flips to that, he becomes this man of this killer of huge intelligence who just uh, yeah, knows absolutely. exactly what he's doing. Yeah. Um, and it just changes the character completely. It's yeah. Really you're convinced that it's just like this oddball and mm. and and then when you get to this part you, you see how clever he actually was because it was all an act mm. a seasoned professional at this yeah yeah he knows exactly what he's doing yeah at the same time though he does have that conversation where he's saying about how much he loves him and he puts a heart on the the case and you know, says that he's he's so great. So even when we get this revelation that he's is a seasoned hand at this, you kind of think, is he though? You know, is he this this cold manipulator, or did he really buy into all this that he's he's just been saying about you know loving Aaron and saying he's the greatest man who ever lived in that? What like he's really just looking for a friend and. No one was right, so they, he kills them. Well, you know, is he sort of uh, is he both? You know, is he this weird, crazy creep who's very, very good at it? You know, I don't think it for me, I just don't, I don't think it gives that definitive cold manipulator or you know, uh, random maniac sort of thing. I think it gives us a bit of both. Yeah. I I think this is why whenever I'm ranking this film, I always lump it in with the sequel because I think that it it gives you extra. It gives you what what you need from the character. So I think it's such a it's such a good sequel that um like I say it, it just goes straight really straight into the next thing and you get a lot of answers yeah. that you want and a lot of qu- <laughs> more questions as well but i always lump the two of them together because i think they just um they just work so well as i, I have as seen the sequel uh, i didn't watch it watch it for this though so mm. maybe i need, do need to go back and, uh, and revisit does put us on to the ranking then now doesn't it uh unless anybody's got any final thoughts for it but i think we've pretty much done that over the movie that time i don't think anyone unless you've got anything else you want to say about it. i just want people to watch it i'm such a fangirl of this film yes. 
I agree. And, um, yeah. <laughs> I think it's one of those films mm. as well um, that people that aren't necessarily that into horror would enjoy. Um, I think uh, a lot of yeah, people that, yeah. that don't handle or don't enjoy gore will, will certainly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's for sure. And yeah. Stick with it as it well is... because it is really subtle at points, and um, I could see like people would be like, "What is this even about?" But it's a short film, yeah. like it's yeah. an hour and fifteen yeah, minutes. Yeah, it is very, very. I say breezy, but it's yeah, it's, that's the wrong word. Brief. <laughs> no, yeah, it's it, it's definitely not breezy. <laughs> For an hour and 15, it makes you feel like you're sitting there for a long time, sometimes like sweaty bum time. Yeah, just... You know what I mean? Um, the other thing about the, about this movie that... Um, the only other thing that's really frustrating about this film is it's one that you want to recommend, but people always go, what's yeah. it about? And the only thing you can actually say it... The only thing you can say is yeah. just watch it because any, any tiny bit of information about it... it, it because I put it on my my top fan footage, um, top five fan footage, but I don't think I said anything about it at all. Oh, you just can't. So, and it's like, and it's like people like what's it? and I'm like, it's just it's just creepy. It's it's just creepy. It's yeah. the only descript like it's the perfect name for it. It's the only thing you can say mm, about yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, well then. Um... Well, I've just uh, yeah, I've got the Facebook, and we've we've only got the the one comment on it, which uh, is from Alistair, who said that he loves the movie, which is great, uh, but he controversially prefers the sequel. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I don't no, think that's controversial. His word, not mine. Uh, but I'd say it does just give me more reason to uh, to revisit and watch it as, again. I did yeah. spy as well while I was looking it up on um, Letterbox that there, there's a little icon for a Creek Three. So whether we're getting a third. Actually, I think the second one really leaves mm. it open for a third. Um, but actually, you you also owe Alistair a compliment as well. I mean, you, you, you promised. I do. I do owe Alistair a compliment. I reckon he's very nice to dogs. Alistair, if you want, you can confirm whether that's true or not. Hey. <sighs> Right, okay, so yeah, let's do the ranking. So it's either a creative psychopath. No, let's go the other way. It's either shit. Ooh, it's scary. Ooh, that was scary. Or creative psychopath. Those those are the rankings. So it's either shit, middling, or great. And for me, it's a creative psychopath. And me too. Yeah. 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 The me me three. Yeah. In Full fact, house. I might even if I was giving it. And, uh, ratings I, I might even give it a 10 you know well i did i did have a look at this uh as well it's got a 90 percent on from the wow. critics on rotten tomatoes nice so that's yeah that's pretty great uh 74 on metascore and a 3.4 yeah. out of 5 on letterbox so it's lovely it's consensus is that it's very well there good. we go everyone that's a creative psychopath um obviously if you haven't watched this film and you've just listened to all that then no point watching it <laughs> No, um, still but it, it is a creative psychopath. <laughs> no, don't watch it. No point. We, we've ruined it for you now. Watch, watch <laughs> Listen to me talk again. Maybe That's watch the sequel. Yeah. 
or, or you know, just find an episode of this that you haven't listened to and listen to that instead, because that's probably best. Get those downloads up. Um, so that was the cheese filling in the um, horror sandwich. So now all we need to do is the fun questions at the end. So we're going to ask Chloe, what is a scary moment for a non-horror movie that you remember? Um, so this is quite easy for me. Um, it goes back to what I said mm-hmm. before with my hatred for aliens. I am relentlessly bullied for this, so I can't believe I'm telling you. But it is mm-hmm. um, E.T. being um, drunk. You. Thank yes, yes. You know what? I remember this from school. <laughs> now that you've I have always it. been known as the girl that was terrified of E.T. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't like E.T. either, now I think about it. It definitely stems back to, like, when I was a kid, I was so convinced. We used to have this tree that would, like, bang on my bedroom window, and for some reason, I was just so convinced it was E.T. And, yeah, I just, Um, like, that bit, like, E.T. in any part of that film terrifies me, but the bit where he's drunk, I just, I can't, I hate it so much. (laughs) I... Do, I could be wrong on this, but I do think, is there a, I think there's one of those uh, YouTube trailer recuts that's actually done E.T. Yeah, no, it doesn't, su- it doesn't surprise me. It, and but, I'm not surprised, you know, I'm not surprised by that at all. E.T. is a scary Thank bastard. You. <laughs> right. <laughs> so the last question is, if you could make a non-horror movie a horror movie, what um, would you choose? Would... <laughs> It would be um, Scooby-Doo, Spooky Island. Yeah. I really enjoy that film anyway. I think it is a great film. Um, And if you think about Scooby-Doo, it has all the bones of horror. And I just think I would want Mm -hmm. the original cast as well because they're all all great. And most of them are horror-like people anyway. Um, Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, that would definitely be mine my pick yeah that's a good one scooby-doo you know what i actually probably think that that scooby-doo film from what is it 2001 i want to say uh i, don't quite I think that's probably the film i've that's watched more than any other it is a good film and genuinely as well if you if you do what? if you are sliding into my dms uh to uh to tell me uh, about my scream rules. Uh, if you just have a look at my Twitter feed, there is a lot of uh, of Scooby Doo love in there as well. Go over to that Twitter, which we'll we'll put in the thingy. There you go. I like movies. I, I like dumb Lovely. movies. Just, right, just to prove so the point. that is the final slice of bread in the in the cheese sandwich. But because it's a horror sandwich, we have to ruin it for you. Um, what can we do to this particular horror sandwich? Um, should be related to the movie. Um... <laughs> there you go. Eat it in a bathtub surrounded by candles. There you go. You see. Well done. Thank you very much. That was. I don't know what I was going to say. I... <laughs> no. Rubbish. Imagination broken. <laughs> right. Okay. So. Right, thank you very much, Chloe, for coming on. Wonderful job. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. No, no. We will report back on Milo. Yes, you'll have to come back for Milo. Um, 
I'll happily. Excellent. And I'll I'll come up with some new questions for you. That'll be a, a delight. Um <laughs> uh, right. And um Matthew, thank you for co-hosting again. Yes, I, I hope I, I did your co-hosting part. again. This is the first co-host, isn't it? Because oh, last time you were the actual guest. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for your first co-hosting position. Um, it was a thrill. I had I had a lot of fun. Good. I'm glad. Right. So, uh, social medias. That's what you need to do. The Facebook group is is Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast. Don't join Creative Psychopaths because I lost control of that group. So it's Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast. Go on there and we post every week what movie we're doing next. And you can comment and say hilarious things. And if Matthew's doing it, he'll give you compliments. Um, real or, real imagined. or imagined compliments. Um, oh, I like imagined compliments. Forced compliments. Let's see. Twitter, I'm on there. Instagram, I actually do post on Instagram, so that's a good good place to go. Uh, Creative Psychopaths and all the other places. And I have a Discord, so you can hit me up for that link. I can do that too. And the last thing to say is bye. Bye. Yes, Gary. <laughs>